Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. Dot com and definitely check out those shows as well. Kimberly B. Cummings is the author of Next Move, Best Move, Transitioning into a Career You'll Love. She is a leading career and leadership development expert and an accomplished speaker and podcast host whose mission is to empower women and people of color in the workplace. Her personal and professional development company, Manifest Yourself, LLC, provides in-person and virtual workshops, trainings, and coaching to professionals looking to lead a dynamic career and life. She is regularly featured in national media, including NPR, Harvard Business Review, CNN, Forbes, HuffPost, BuzzFeed, and more. She has spoken to and created workshops for many organizations, including the New Jersey Conference for Women, Elevate Network, Urban League, Princeton University, and National Sales Network. South by Southwest, among others. She is also on the board of directors for the Power of You Teens organization. Next Move, Best Move is her first book and available wherever books are sold. Welcome, Kimberly. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss Next Move, Best Move, transitioning into a career you'll love. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here with you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Why don't you tell listeners a little about your book and why you were the perfect person to write it? Oh gosh. Okay. So I spent nearly 10 years in higher education. I always joke and say that I've worked with folks who are age 18, who don't know what to do with their lives 
all the way through in their 60s, looking to put all of their experiences together to really just enjoy the world of work. I worked in university career services and then transitioned into talent acquisition at a Fortune 100 company in financial services. So I've dedicated most of my professional life to helping people navigate the world of work and hopefully transition into a career that they'll love. And for me, when I think about career transitioning, it's not just your first job out of college or moving from finance to marketing or some huge catastrophic move. It could be any type of transition in the workplace that makes things different for you. Just re-navigating and hoping that you find something that brings you joy is a transition in itself. So this is a culmination of all the work of the private clients I've had in my private practice, as well as working in higher ed and in a corporate finance and a talent acquisition to put everything together. That's something tangible that people can take to really build out a two-year career strategy. Amazing. I was really interested in your chapter on being a people leader and a good people leader. I like to believe I am a good people leader, but I probably am not. <laughs> what does it take to be a good a good manager, a good people leader, as you say? What are the tools? I mean, I know you have a bunch of questions that you ask and, you know, about how we take stock of our own career. And, you know, you'd mentioned your own bosses and, you know, talk a little more about that. How do you be a good people leader? Fun fact, that was the last chapter of the book that I added and it's No first. way. Oh. <laughs> I just knew I had to say something because the, the title, the chapter title is serving as a people leader is a privilege, not a rite of passage because so many people, you just have to lead people mm-hmm. magically, like when you want to grow in your career. But I think number one, I would challenge you to think that you are a good people leader because you actually care about it. Because most people wouldn't even say anything if they didn't really care that like, we just need to get the task done, get the job done. We don't care. But you even caring, I think the key is caring about your people, not just the execution of the task. That's the hardest part, I think, especially when you're growing a team or when you have mountains of work, it's thinking about the human aspect, understanding what motivates someone to work better, what inspires them, how do they like to be communicated with, and just thinking about the small ways to make their life just a little bit easier or motivate and inspire them to do work a little bit differently. I know on my team, I'm someone who's generally a morning person. I will, if I wake up, I will send you an email at like 5 a.m. because the idea came to me and it'll be perfect. I actually do all my writing really early in the morning because my brain works best at that hour, like literally rolling out of bed. So I always have to tell people like, if you're an afternoon person, just ignore me. But that's what, that's how I work and understand that I'm not going to get a response because they're more of an afternoon person, just simple things to figure out how your people work. Um, I always give a working styles quiz for anyone who joins my team to understand what motivates them, how to like feedback, um, any past things that have happened that really kind of turn them off to managers just to really understand who they are. Hmm. How do they like the quizzes? They, they're really intrigued by the questions okay. because they haven't been asked like, well, what's a bad experience you've had with the manager? What's a good experience? When, what time of day do you want feedback? If you did something wrong, how would you like me to tell you? If you do something right, how would you like me to reward you? Oh, They've never been asked those questions before. They're like, are you, do you really do this? I'm like, I, sometimes I can't do it all the time, but I really try. And it's good just to know what your red flags are. And then I'll also tell you mine and how I work. It just helps kind of understand the person a little bit more. Can you do it in like a Google form or should this be a conversation? I always do it in a, um, just a document. It could be a Google form. Now I have it in a Google form. When I worked in corporate, it was just like, I'd email the questions and have them respond. And then we'd talk about it. I always want someone to write it down first. And then we talk about it so that I have it later to reflect on. I never like it just to be a conversation. 
I didn't go searching for this yet. Is this available somewhere that I can find it so I could perhaps copy your idea and send it to the people I work with or not? (laughs) It is not, but I can definitely give it to you for your show notes and for you personally. That would be great. I think, I think that's really interesting. You know, like in therapy or whatever, right? You spend time, you like think about your past, your relationships, like no one, not a lot of, I shouldn't say no one. It's not as common to be like, I need to go to therapy for this like traumatic relationship I had with my boss or, but those things happen. I mean, there have been, I mean, very often, and actually that was a horrible generalization and I shouldn't say that. What I mean is it's sometimes these bad things happen at work and you can siphon them off and say, well, it was just work but it's still your emotions and it's still you. And like, there's no difference between something really painful and emotional happening in a work context really than in a friendship context. Right. But it doesn't get as much attention or or verification. I don't know what I'm saying. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. I I do know. It's the same exact thing. I think it's, I've actually have a podcast called corporate PTSD and people say like, Oh, well, that's like so dramatic. I'm like, yeah, yes. And no, because you'll also see how you act. Like, so for instance, I remember when, in one of my last corporate jobs, I was on this like global town hall. So I mean, hundreds of people are on this call and a very senior leader had asked me to work on a project. Now I knew this project was going to fail but they wanted it. They didn't really understand my area in DEI and they wanted me to do the project anyways. And I was like, I, I was like, I really don't want to do it. Cause I'd rather do this instead. They're like, no, no, no. I want you to do it this way. And you're going to report out on this call. So I did it after giving all that pretense that it's not going to go well. Mm-hmm. And I gave the data. I actually, pre- I gave, previewed it before to tell them, Hey, it went, as I told you, it was going to go. It's just not working. It's not going to work in this way. And um, they proceeded to like yell at me on this global call. And I mean, there were hundreds of people on the call, like, and they were just like, I don't even understand why this happened. And we should have done this. We should have done this. And I mean, there's hundreds of people. It's one of those times where I turn the camera off and I'm like, okay, I'll talk to you about it. Yep. Thank you so much. And you know, the sniffing, you know, someone's crying and I'm not a crier at work, but I was just so, I was so embarrassed. I was so upset. And I realized sometimes to this day, especially now running my own business, I have a little bit of a complex sometimes when I go into meetings and I know that the outcome isn't what's necessary. Even if I know I communicated it well, or just if it's not what it was intended to be for that person, I don't go in most time with as much confidence as I know I need to, even as a business owner, like I'm the CEO, there's no, no leader to come save me or talk about anything. Whenever I see someone's super long corporate, long title, knowing they have a lot of power and influence, I immediately, I have to like, okay, it is okay. They're not going to yell at you. This is your own company. You can yell back if you want to, or you can fire them as a client, whichever one you'd like, but you don't have to quote unquote, sit and take it. I think in corporate or, and when I say corporate, I mean, anyone in the nine to five world, I think we're conditioned to think that someone in leadership has power. So the manager has the power. You don't have the power. You can't speak up for yourself or you'll lose your job. And it's, it's really difficult. It's a difficult place to be in. And as we're talking about people leadership, I think I tell people you need to lead in the way you'd like to be led. That's the golden rule, right? Like don't do things to your people that you wouldn't want done to you and just try and be a good human. There's all, there's work to be done. Just be good. Just be a good human. Yeah. That's how I try. I mean, that's how, like, I'm always like, well, how would I want, how would I want this to go? You know, when people are like, well, can I have the afternoon? I have to be traveling. I'm like, I don't care where you do your work. Like it makes no difference to me. Like you could be on a beach 
in Bermuda. But like, yes. if you're getting the emails back, more power to you, you know? You know exactly. when it's time for you to take a swim. I mean, I don't think anyone, I don't know. Has anyone gone to Bermuda? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, anyway, I mean, I, ho- I hope to foster that culture. And then there are like things that I took from like jobs I had where I liked something that was being done, jobs I had that I didn't like something that was being done. And like my first, not my first job, it was probably my fourth job. My first job, my job right before I went to business school, I worked at Unilever and I was helping on the Unilever prestige team launching the Vera Wang fragrance. Mm -hmm. And I had a woman boss who was probably, I don't know, maybe 10 years older than me. And when I got to work my first day, she had sent me flowers on my desk with a little note that said, welcome to the team. So now I try to do that to everybody who joins because it was so nice. Like it just made me feel the rest of the whole time I was there that like they cared and so I don't know, even something small, even just a note or something. That is so sweet. I'm like, I really like that one. My thing is I give people three to five people to meet with on their first day. Like I give them a whole guide, of course, like they're onboarding, but I always give them three to five people, not just on the team, um, but across like anyone else who I work with just so they can kind of navigate and expand. And I just connect them to really cool people in general. So in my last corporate job, I would essentially connect to some of my mentors, some of my, I like to call them corporate besties, just so they got kind of socialize just a little bit more outside of the team. Cause I think it's always good to have folks on your team and outside of your team who you can talk to. That's smart. Yeah. The first days are always hard, especially yeah. remote. I mean, how do you, how do you advise people to handle sort of remote integration and team building and all of that stuff? It takes more effort. I'm really interested. Maybe one day I'll write another book talking about uh, the impact of the pandemic on introverts versus extroverts. I think that would be a really interesting study to talk about. But I think the key is to treat it like it's not remote. What would you have done in the office and how can you replicate that at home? Because the biggest thing that people are missing is that connection, is that relationship building, the mentorship, the sponsorship, even just having really great peers and getting to know them outside of that box of the actual assignment that you have. So it's finding ways to connect. I think going to the virtual events, I know sometimes we're tired of the virtual events. Go meet friends, see if you can have a coffee. Like, hey, do you want to have a 15-minute coffee chat? Actually go make your coffee in your Keurig and drink coffee and talk together or do lunch. I really try and think about all the little instances that you would have, even after you go to a large meeting, right? Normally you have your buddy who you like debrief walking back to your cubicle or your office with. Who are you going to slack right after and be like, hey, you want to hop on a call um, to talk about what Susan just said and and go do all those things to create that connectivity? Um, I think it just takes a lot more effort. It has to be intentional when you're at home by yourself. It won't happen by accident that you will make work friends, make deeper connections, find mentorship and sponsorship. You have to be a bit more uh, intentional and aggressive with making sure you make those connections. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all have stuff we need to get off our chests. Even if we don't think it's interfering with our daily life, there are some things you just haven't processed, be it grief or trauma, eating disorders, anything. It might be time to work on those things, and I have a solution for you. Therapy. Online therapy by BetterHelp. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I took the brief questionnaire online where there were, I don't know, 20 questions. It didn't take long at all, maybe three minutes. And then I got matched with a therapist who could help me work on whatever. I picked trauma because even though it happened in 2001, I am somehow still not over the loss of my friend on 9-11. And it is what it is. BetterHelp is going to help. And I am so excited, especially because with my special code, instead of $80 a month, it is 10% off, $72 a month, which is so much less than traditional therapy, and you'll get a perfect therapist for you. There are 35,000 therapists to choose from, so you'll find the right one. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash moms don't have time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash moms don't have time. Have you found any, like, not canned is the wrong word, but organized team building things on zoom or virtually do you know what I mean like because somebody just said like hey maybe we should do like an online team building thing and I was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm like are there good ones you know I think, I think it depends on your team uh one of the companies who I consult with they did a virtual happy hour and they actually shipped out little drink making kits to everyone on the team mm-hmm. so they actually made it on the call so I think Anything that makes people do a little something, I think people have played like bingo or like things like that. Or I have another client of mine who, to help people get to know each other before every company town hall, um, say like a monthly meeting, they introduce like three or five colleagues, depending on how many new starts happened. And they kind of have like a one slide of who they are, who's their family, what activities do they like to do so that the team can get to know everyone across the organization. It's a leaner team. I think they have about 125 people in their organization. So that was always nice to see that and get some more connectivity. But I think anything that gets your people excited, some people like mentorship and some companies that I work with, they want to be matched. They want to be matched with a buddy and told you will talk the first week of every month. Other folks just want an event where they can socialize. Some companies bring everybody together in person now, maybe once or twice a year to talk. I think it. the important thing is to ask your people what they would actually be willing to do. Because mm-hmm. sometimes what we think is great, they're like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking it would have to be like somebody really interesting coming to talk to all of us. Like something really like, oh yeah, you're doing that just for us. I don't know. I haven't figured out what it is, but it would have to be really special. Otherwise, who wants to be on Zoom anymore? <laughs> Although True. I don't mind. I love Zoom because I get to see people like you and yes. learn all sorts of great oh. stuff that can like make my day-to-day even better. Love it. 
what? Tell me more about your business and how you started that. I know this is about your book too, but I feel like it's all related. No, it is. It definitely is. So, how did you start this up? And like, tell me what services you offer to people, and like how you built your own business. Definitely. So it's evolved over time. So I joke and say I've been playing on the internet since probably 2011. And that's what my parents would say, at least until recently. The book made them realize that like, oh, she's doing something. Like <laughs> go into a store and like take the book. Like, oh, okay, she's not playing anymore. But when I was working in career services, I love, I love speaking. I love teaching. I love doing training and workshops and presenting at conferences. And as I started to present and was able to kind of cultivate my own way of coaching students, coaching alumni, and working with people to make career transitions, I frequently got asked, well, oh, can you come here? Or can you work with this person? Or can you do this? And the business slowly evolved. I actually started as a blogger back in the day, way back in the day, just blogging about things that I was going through, things about... And I slowly started integrating the career and leadership development content. And by... I started in 2011. I think in 2013, that's when uh, the name Manifest Yourself came. And then by 2017, I founded my LLC. And by that time, I was doing a lot of workshops and trainings within companies, speaking at larger scale companies, and also doing a lot more coaching on the side. Now, the business as it is still has combinations of that, but a lot more of it is centered around consulting. So going into organizations and teaching them how to recruit, retain, engage, and promote their underrepresented talent, um, no matter what that is for the organization. And then I do have a career community where I have leadership development courses on demand that people can take. And I do monthly group coaching. Amazing. But it took it took some time and I did it. Everyone's like, oh, well, did you like just stop working at your corporate job and launch the business? I was like, no, I've been doing it the whole time behind the scenes. Um, I definitely probably should have resigned a little earlier because I 200% burnt myself out. I left when I had no choice because I was just so overwhelmed. Oddly enough, I think it was three weeks before the book came out. I was like, I, there's no way. I looked at my calendar and I looked at, at my at my work. This, is, this isn't going to, there's not enough hours. There's not two Kimberly's to do this work. So we need to figure something out. Wow. That's really inspiring though. Like your own success story is like another one to model on like how you find your own career. Yeah. I'm like, and I never would think that my career would be helping other people find their careers. But the first time I helped someone get a job and I knew it was a direct result of working with me, I could see the transformation. I was absolutely positively hooked. Like I was like, oh my gosh. And I saw how happy they were. They actually stayed at that job for almost eight years and got promoted throughout the ranks. We keep in touch on Instagram. It's, it brought me so much joy. That's when I knew, because I stumbled early in my career doing a bunch of other things, just like most people do. But when that happened, I was like, okay, I'm staying in the career and leadership realm. I love that. Wow. And then how did you end up even writing a book? How did that come come to pass? Oh gosh. People have been asking me. I do a lot of public speaking. So I think I average probably between like 50 and 70 speaking engagements a year, right? Workshops, trainings, facilitations, whatever it is. And people would assume at the end of the book, oh my gosh, where can I buy your book? They just assumed I had a book. Mm. And I didn't. And finally I was like, okay, like I have a process. Let me put everything into a book. And oddly enough, the title of my book is a workshop that I did in 2017 for the New Jersey Conference for Women. I didn't realize this till after when I thought of the name. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so incredible. It's like, no, Kim, you created this a long time ago. (laughs) It just sounds good to you now. But it was it was a process. I think as, as you obviously know, I think writing a book was one of the hardest things I've ever done. I mean, oddly enough, I'm planning on doing it at least one or two more times. Um, but it's literally the process I've done with clients, 
corporations for years. I think it's really important that people have access to career information. I think as I'm a late millennial, um, my parents are baby boomers. I think if my dad were talking about career development, he'd just say, work really hard and put your head down. And I think that's what so many people are conditioned to do. Just work really hard and put your head down. Even if you're unhappy, like just figure it out. You'll be okay. Don't necessarily even change jobs. Just wait for your boss to leave or just make it work. Someone will see you. And that's not really how the world of work works. And I know not everyone wants to go back to their university career services, especially if they're an alum, they may not even have access anymore. Or a lot of women and people of color, when I worked in career services, they weren't necessarily using the office as much. They felt like they needed to be more prepared before coming to the office office versus getting prepared at the office to go out into the world of work. And then also people may not be able to afford a career coach, but I'm like a book, a little under 20 bucks, 1995. I'm hoping that it democratizes access to career and leadership development information. This is literally exactly what I do with my clients. And they've been able to transition fields, get a new job, get promoted, negotiate. I have one client who negotiated, I think another like 50K on a salary offer. So there's so many different things you could do that can bring you joy. Wow. In my head, I keep thinking like, okay, in what capacity can I work with Kim? <laughs> I know. I'm like, what do you offer? I'm just asking for this podcast. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Have you been in touch at all or do you know about iRelaunch? It's this whole conference. Do, were yes. you a part of it? I I worked with them on, I was on their podcast when my book came out actually. Okay. And back when I was in higher ed, I went to their conference to recruit. Oh, Okay. Yes. Well, then I, you don't need my suggestion. But I, I do feel your suggestion. No, I just, I really feel like, I, I mean, I want to say women, but I should say whoever, whatever gender. But I, I do feel like there's an enormous group of women with kids going off to school who have been home with their kids and are super smart and motivated, but just don't know what to do next and don't know how to assess their own skills and strengths and sort of minimize the great things that they do. And there's such a huge opportunity, not just for the women, but like, once all those people go back and start creating in the world, like how great we'll have new content and new entertainment and whatever it is that they do. So I just feel like that first step or even those first 12, well, I guess not 12 steps. That's the wrong, let me not mix, mix the wrong program. Here, right? wrong program. <laughs> but you know, I think, uh, you know, they need a, they need a, a path forward. And I say they, it was me. Like very recently I stayed home for 11 years and you know, like you, I, it just sort of like has evolved. I'm like, I'll just do a podcast a week and I'll just, you know, next thing I know I have like, you know, no sleep and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I think the beautiful thing about the book that I've heard um, from, from my readers is that um, I thought that I was writing it for a particular audience. I was like, okay, like when I think when I did my book proposal, I think I said my audience was probably like a 24 to like 35 year old professional, um, generally who is a bit overemployed. So they worked really, really hard, got somewhere a little faster than they quote unquote should have air quotes. But what I've found is that it's been helping across the board. I've had students who have secured internships from reading, reading the book or taking their first offer after graduation. I've had people who are much more senior executives who've gone back and love the things on personal branding and relationship building. That's the beauty, I think, of Next Move, Best Move. And then a lot of people, like they read it through, but then they also go back and like it's almost like a little manual, like a textbook. Like Once you kind of get the gist of how it works, you've done some of the exercises, you can go back and like, okay, I need to, I got a new job offer and it's a year later. 
let me go back and read the salary negotiation chapter or read more about like the core values. So that's, I think the piece I'm most proud of is that it's helped across the board. And I definitely have moms. I have a lot of moms who are relaunching their careers or re-entering the workforce or especially with COVID because they say women have been the most impacted, taking care of families, children. So they've been going through the book as well. It's like, well, how do I, how can I transition to a company that um, gives me more work-life balance too, especially with people who are returning to the office. Some people don't want to go. Well, we know a lot of people don't want to go. Um, and they, they need to kind of brush off their skill sets. So they can get something that's much more aligned with where they are today. I should have given your book. My son just turned 15 and is doing an internship. And literally this morning, he's like, you know, yesterday was just like really boring. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you're an intern. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> so then I, start, I started telling you about when I was an intern, I'm like, this is what happens, you know, I, you know, but that they see it all in a, in a context and know where it's yes. going. So anyway, I guess I will give it to him now. <laughs> Not that, I don't know if he'll we know it. what he thinks. Yeah, I don't know. hard to get. I can't. I can't get him to even read my book. I'm like, do you want me to read it out loud to you? I feel like oh, you should no. hear some of this stuff. I know. Yeah. Oh well, kids. You know. Anyway. Okay. So wait. The next two books you want to write? What are they? You mentioned already the pandemic and introvert extrovert. Wow. What are you? An introvert or extrovert? So I'm really an introvert, and people are shocked because I do so much public speaking. But if you ever see me after I speak. I, it takes so much energy from me. I can barely form a sentence. I need to be alone in a dark room. Don't talk to me. Like, just give me kettle cord popcorn and some Cheez-Its and let me sit in the corner and watch more Grey's Anatomy. That's all I want after I have big speaking engagements. I'm definitely an introvert. Ali, that's not the book I'm going, I'm thinking about writing. I have two ideas that are, that I'm thinking of right now. And one is that leadership. I want to go much more deeply into the leadership development and really thinking about how we can work with each other. So not just managers, how can you manage better, but also how can you manage like up, down, and across um, and think about the different archetypes of different leaders and what that looks like. I'm a big believer that everyone is a leader in the workplace because you are there to lead your body of work, whether you're an assistant, a chief so-and-so, a director, manager, whatever it is. Um, And then I'm also... Thinking about something a little bit more personal, I think a lot of people have been asking me to write more about myself, about and how that correlates to how I built my career, how I've transitioned through different things. But I'm a little nervous to write something personal. I don't know if I'm there yet to tell my own business. Well, I did start a publishing company called Zippy Books, and we publish we publish memoirs. So I'm just saying. I, I don't think I'm ready for like a memoir. I think more of a a line to like a. I don't know, a life lessons type of book from where I am now. I feel like memoir sounds, I don't feel like I'm old enough for a memoir yet. <laughs> uh, memoir gets such a, I think we need to rebrand the word memoir. You know, it's really just people's stories. It's just, a, it's like a long personal essay. Yeah, it just seems so heavy to me. I feel like, I feel the weight of it when, when you say memoir. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want that. I'm not ready. <laughs> uh, no, it's just like a, your story. It's just people's stories. That's all it is. You can tell your story, a story no matter what age you are. Depends what happened, right? So, Very true. I mean, I like reading stories of people of all ages. It's not like a in the olden days, like a retrospective of like, here I am at age eighty, and I'm going to tell you about my entire life. You know? <laughs> yes, yes. Very. No, it's more like you know. Period. Yes. Got it. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. But okay, you're not ready anyway. Well, if you are, you know, you have my email. So, (laughs) (laughs) what advice do you have to aspiring authors? Oh gosh. What advice do I have for aspiring authors? I think for me, the hardest part of the writing process was really telling a story and connecting it to myself and to the reader at the same time. So I think if you're an aspiring author and you're writing, 
I would really think about how you can share from a place of empowerment, how you can really share to connect. I think that was hard for me. I think as a blogger, I'm used to writing like 500 to 900 words, maybe. So it's short, quick, and easy. When you're coaching, it's very solution-focused. So I always get to the point. I'm not used to having the breath to explain and share and all those things. But the connection, the stories are what people remember. Even if like my book is technically like it's more technical-esque, mm-hmm. but the stories are what people continuously come back to me about. And that's how they remember the concepts. Love it. Well, this has been so fascinating for me. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. And yeah, stay in touch. Yes, indeed. Have a good one. <laughs> and send, send me the questions. I will. We'll I will. Talk. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks book. a lot. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.